0: You're listening to The Royally Made, a different kind of podcast helping you grow in power, purpose and grace. Let's see what it really means to be a royal daughter. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again. And today I want to talk to you about that season of life when you're maybe going from job to job or maybe you're in a job or a career that you really love and what it means to be faithful and what that season of faithfulness looks like to actually become the person who is ready to step into everything that God has for them and, I came to a moment um, one time when I was in Holland, actually, a few years back, and my husband and I were in Holland uh, filming a few stories for our work that we do at Andrew Womack Ministries, some testimony videos, and I remember I was taking a shower, actually, (laughs) at these people's home. We were staying with an adorable Dutch couple. Um, They were so sweet, and I was in the little tiny bathroom taking a shower and just kind of thinking about what we had been doing there in Holland, and I just... Got overwhelmed in that moment. I had a moment where I thought, "God, why am I here?" You know, at the time, I think I was, oh gosh, I'm—I was probably about 27 at the time. Let's say I think, and um, I was 27 years old. I'm a high school graduate, right? I never went to to quote real college for any kind of degree. I went straight to Karis Bible College here in Colorado, and. Just looking back on my life, I thought, why am I the one who gets to be here? Why do I get to be doing these stories and traveling the world and meeting these amazing people and filming them and reporting on your goodness all over the world? It just kind of overwhelmed me. I thought, oh my goodness, I am so unqualified to be doing what I'm doing, right? I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Like, "Oh my goodness, I'm so unbelievably unqualified for this and someone's going to find out and then I'm going to get fired and then they're going to realize how absolutely unqualified I am." In fact, funny story, we actually just got sent a, a survey through work for through our HR department to fill out because they wanted to know Uh, what kinds of people they had working in the ministry and if there were people who had these special skills that maybe they didn't know they had so they could put them in different positions and so I filled out this survey and I told my husband after I'm like I feel so stupid after filling out filling out that survey because it's like do you have this skill no do you have this skill no do you have this skill no and it was like you know your education I was like uh, high school diploma. And then it's like, what field of study did you get for said degree? Uh, high school. and I just, I just kept feeling so unqualified. I'm like, oh my goodness, they're going to realize I'm so unqualified for my job and I'm going to get fired. And I don't know if you've just ever felt that way. Like, why do I get to be doing what I'm doing? I'm so unqualified. Or maybe the dream that God has put in your heart for what you want to do you feel absolutely unqualified for. You have the dream, you have the desire, you wanna do big things in this world. You've got a really big vision for your life, but you don't know how to get there because you don't feel qualified and you don't know how you could become qualified. And that's what I wanna talk to you about today because you are just the girl for the job that God has for you. But the pathway to get there is not exactly the pathway that the world is going to tell you, right? I think there's a famous book out there called um, Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office. (laughs) I've heard about it and I haven't read it, so I do need to say that. But what I've heard from the book from friends who have read the book um It sounds completely against everything the Bible says to do in order to get promotion. And that's the problem we face is in this world, the world is going to tell you, this is how a woman gets ahead in a man's world. This is how you climb the corporate ladder. This is how you become successful in your career. And what God says is completely different. And then we wind up with a lot of women who are worn out, who are not good people to be around. And you end up discouraged because you can't understand why you're not getting ahead. Or when you get ahead, you feel completely overwhelmed and stressed out because you don't have the grace to be where you fought so hard to get. And so what I want to talk to you about is how God qualifies the faithful, but he cannot force you to be faithful. And so that key ingredient right there, that key character trait that is going to get you where God wants you to go is faithfulness. And faithfulness is a fruit of the spirit, which means you already have it. It's not something that you have to go get. It's something that's already on the inside of you if you're a Christian. And when I look back on my life, going back to that moment in Holland, uh, when I was just overwhelmed, like, God, I'm I'm not qualified to do this. What's going on? Um, I definitely haven't done everything perfectly and I've made lots of mistakes. However, God started showing me how I have been faithful in my life. I believe I got my first job at 14. My parents had to sign a a special little waiver for child labor laws so that I was allowed to work. <laughs> but um, it was high school and so I wanted to start making money. And so I got a job uh, with a catering company and I catered weddings and worked, uh, worked and did that. I, um, I coached gymnastics when I got a little bit older. I, you know, remember working at restaurants, I worked at a shoe store. I've worked at department stores. I, I've been a contract writer where I could barely make enough money to live. You know, I've done so many things and while they don't seem like they connect, I could see how the common thread was faithfulness faithfulness to do what was in front of me and do it to the best of my ability. Again, I'm not saying I did it all perfectly or did it all right, but I'm not someone who's just sat around and waited for something to happen to me. And I think this just isn't talked about enough, especially in Christian circles, because on one camp we have faith and then on the other camp we have, um, you know, go get it, go make it happen, make your dreams come true kind of attitude that's also kind of prevalent in the church. And so which is it? Because on one side, you, you claim to have faith, yet really, you're just lazy, right? You're just sitting on the couch going, well, God's going to give me my ministry. God's going to give me my business. God's going to give me my husband, you know, whatever it is. And you're just kind of waiting and you're not doing anything. God can't bless nothing. Right, He says, put your hands to something and then I can bless it. And so we have to get out of that camp where we just think that we have zero responsibility for our lives and start doing what's in front of us. You know, when I was folding the panty drawer at Victoria's Secret after hours at night, and yes, that is something the employees have to do every single night, by the way. So when you're shopping, be nice to the panties. (laughs) They're not fun to fold. But when I'm sitting on the floor with four other girls folding panties for an hour, I did not understand that that had a direct connection to the amazing things that I get to do today, traveling the world, capturing stories of God's goodness, traveling with my husband, making an eternal impact in the kingdom of God through my work. That's not something that I even understood I could do just a few years back, but the common denominator was faithfulness. There's a lot of people who tell me they want to do what I do, and yet They haven't done anything yet. They haven't, they're not working in that direction. They're not giving God anything to bless. God can't force you to be faithful, but he qualifies those who are faithful. So instead of thinking about what qualifications you have to get and how to make yourself stand out from the crowd, just start being faithful with where you're at right now. It says in Ecclesiastes 9:10, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Whatever your hands find to do, whatever it is right now, just do it and do it with all your might. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart, right? He sees no matter how small, no matter if it doesn't seem like it has a connection to what you want to do, God sees your heart and he sees your faithfulness. And that is what he can bless. That is what he can steward on the inside of you to take you to the next level, because if you're not going to be faithful in the little things that don't seem very important or don't Seem very exciting like folding panties or helping four-year-olds learn how to do the bars and gymnastics. Like those things don't seem like they're connected to your dreams in any way. Definitely they didn't seem connected to mine, but it was it was what I had to do. It was what I could put my hands to. And if you will just be faithful to do that, That is the quality that God can promote and that is the quality that is going to take you places that people who seem super qualified can't go because they haven't spent the time to build their character in the area of faithfulness and so God can't trust them with more and that's what you want. You need to start serving, start with serving in secret and God will reward you in public. We all want to be rewarded in public. We all want the job that looks really cool and gets a lot of credit and gets a lot of acclaim. And oh, I know what you do. I see you here. And that's great and that's awesome. And God wants that for you. But you're not going to get there until your secret life starts to have faithfulness to it, until your secret life starts to build the character on the inside of you that's going to be desperately needed when you start stepping out onto a platform or when you start stepping out into an area where people can see you more. You need to not just have a passion for your future, but a passion for where you are now. You know, too often, you know, God gives us a dream and a vision for our life and we get super passionate about it, right? We're like, "Oh, I can't wait to speak in front of thousands of people. God, I can't wait to have the most successful business in this field. I can't wait to to, you know, Whatever your dream may be, <laughs> I don't know what it is. To be the first person to do this, whatever it is your dream is, we tend to get super passionate about the destination, but we don't get passionate about where we are right now, the small beginnings. Don't despise the small beginnings, right? The people who end up going the farthest are the people who stewarded the small beginning that was in front of them well, even when it didn't look like it was going to be to their advantage. Make yourself indispensable wherever you are at, and God will begin to promote you supernaturally. You don't have to have all the qualifications. God loves showing off through people who are not qualified to do what they're doing, but because they're faithful and they trust him, he can promote them to areas where he gets the glory for it. You know, women in the Bible, I love looking at different people in the Bible who they they were not qualified for what God asked them to do. They they seemed super insignificant, and yet they went on to accomplish really big things for God that we applaud and we we want to be like them. Yet we don't always look at their small beginning and go, "Am I willing to do what they did?" Some of those people are, uh, you know, Sarah Abraham's wife. Sarah ushered in God's promises through having Isaac by choosing to believe in the dream again even if it meant she wouldn't make it. Oh, sorry, I read something else. (laughs) Okay, let me reread this for you. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Sarah ushered in God's promises by choosing to believe in the dream again, even though she was tired of being disappointed. Maybe you're struggling to keep your faith because you don't want to hope in it anymore because you've been disappointed so many times. And so you don't want to take a step of faith, right? You don't want to try again. You don't want to trust God again because you feel that he's let you down. You feel like you've been disappointed too many times and you don't want to put yourself out there again in order to trust God. But can I tell you that he needs you to trust him again because he needs you to take that step of faith In order to open yourself up to disappointment again, because that's what true love is. That's what true trust is, right? But when Sarah took that step, even though she'd been disappointed for what, 90 years at this point, (laughs) 90 years of not having kids, she decided that she would trust God even in the midst of utter disappointment. And she ushered in one of the greatest miracles that has ever happened in the Bible. Esther is another person that I want to talk about. And she changed the fate of nations, right? We all know that and we all love that. But how she did that was she was faithful to do what was right, even if it meant she wouldn't make it. And this is where I think the whole mentality of nice girls don't get the corner office. You know, again, I haven't read the book, but that mentality of just take what you can and backbite people and stab people and claw your way to the top. That is so against the Bible. And if you take on that mentality, then God is not required to help you get to where you're going. And so Esther, we all look at her as like this role model of feminism and womanhood and biblical womanhood. And we all want to be like her. We all want to have her courage and her strength. But what did she do? She was faithful to do what God asked her to go into the king uninvited and even though it meant she could lose her life. I don't think we understand that fully. We don't think about that part. We think about how she, you know, was successful, but how, what would you do if you were put in a situation at work or with your friends or in your church family or wherever it might be, and you needed to do what was right and and it might cost you everything. It might cost you your job. It might cost you your friends. It might cost you getting kicked out of your church. Are you willing to do what's right, even if it costs you something? If you're going to be brave enough to take a chance on God, then it will build your faithfulness and he will be able to trust you with greater things ahead. That's when your miracle happens, when you get to the end of yourself. And finally, 13-year-old Mary, I say 13-year-old because I think we sometimes forget that she was really young. She was probably around 12 or 13 years old, something like that. I'm not completely sure. But 13-year-old Mary brought about salvation for the entire world by saying yes to God's request, even though it meant she could have lost everything. Again... (laughs) We gloss over Mary's story all the time, and yet it is so powerful. When the angel came to her and asked her, are you willing? He wasn't going to force this on her. He wasn't going to force her to say yes, force her to become the, the mother of the Savior. She could have said no, but she chose to say yes, even though she knew she could lose everything. She was engaged to another man and he was going to know that he didn't get her pregnant, right? In fact, Joseph was planning on divorcing her quickly. You know, he still cared about her clearly. He didn't want to embarrass her, but he wasn't going to marry her because he assumed she cheated on him, right? And so he was going to divorce her quickly. She could have lost that. She'd probably lose her family out of shame and she could lose all her friends. She could lose her reputation. You know, there was so much at stake and yet she was willing to say, if my God is asking this of me, then I am here for him. Yes, I will choose him above my own comfort. That is amazing what is God asking you to do? Maybe you're afraid of of what people will think of you. Maybe you're afraid of what your spouse will think of you. You know, maybe you're afraid of of your reputation and what people might say about you. And that's keeping you from doing what God is asking you to do. And if you keep saying no, then you're going to miss out on everything that He has in store for you because it's not you don't just arrive at the dream. You don't just arrive at the destination. It's all of these scenes seemingly insignificant things that are happening to you every day the choices you make the things that you put your hands to the opportunities to be faithful where you are are what are going to lead you down the path to doing the extraordinary and lead you to places that you couldn't imagine everyone who has ever done anything great for God started out by being faithful with what was in front of them even if it didn't look like it was going to be good And that is a mentality that we need to adopt as Christian women, especially because this world is telling us, take all you can, be a backbiter, you know, use people, abuse people, do whatever you need to, to climb to the top because you deserve it. No, we need to have our mentality focused on our savior and go, God, what do you want me to do? What do you have for me to do right now? And no matter how insignificant or small it may seem, say yes to him and just be faithful and realize that that faithfulness that you're building on the inside of you is going to be what qualifies you for the bigger dream that lies ahead of you.